We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America podcast. My name is Bill Trochi, senior editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, our national college football writer at SportingNews.com. And we have our first return guest, uh, Brian Howell, coming to us from Boulder as we get ready for uh, uh, to preview the Colorado spring game that's coming up this weekend. Uh, we want to thank everybody for subscribing on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and, of course, our YouTube channel, CFB Nation. Uh, we continue to grow the podcast during the offseason, which is great. Uh, we can't wait. We are only 18 weeks from week zero. Brian, I count it down every week. We are at 18 weeks from week zero and, of course, just a few days uh, from the Colorado spring game. But before we get into that, I want to talk to Bill Bender just for a second. And, and Bill, just catch the listeners up. You earned a, a new nickname in the office this week, Bill Fender Bender. Uh, had, <laughs> had an issue with his garage, oh, yeah. apparently. Yeah, so. like, hopefully Brian can back his car out. I, I backed my car out um, <laughs> of the driveway and the door, I opened the door. It was in park and, or not in park, I don't think. I, the car was off but I left the car in reverse and it rolled down the hill, struck the basketball hoop and the door is um, going to need repaired. So I'm in the doghouse in my house. Um, but you know, this, and this is like, I'm pretty good driver guys, but my driveway is a problem. The freeways, the streets, the traffic, not a problem. Apparently my backing out of my driveway is a problem. That is so. a problem. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I have uh, not had that one happen, so that's good. That Brian, you and, I, you and I crossed paths at the Celebration Bowl here in Atlanta. Uh, you spent a lot of time with Dion that week uh, when he was coaching his final game at, at Jackson State, and uh, you you caught us up on what that week was all about. So we really appreciate you making some time this week. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate having me. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So when we, when we were in Atlanta, like you told me, and we just talked about it a little bit before the show, you, you've coached, you've covered more in-season coaching changes uh, than bowl games in your time at Colorado. So uh, it's been a while and it's sort of a, a lame question, a cliche question to start us off here, but uh have you ever seen anything? You've been on the beat 14, 15 years. Have you ever seen anything with, like what Dion has brought to the table out in Colorado these first four months? No, I mean, it, it's pretty insane. You know, it's it's so different covering him than than any other coach. And especially to go, it's such a 180 is not even to adjust us to say from Carl Durrell uh, to Dion Sanders because I liked Carl, but, you know, just a very – quiet personality a guy that uh you know even as head coach just shied away from the spotlight he was not a guy that was going to be out there you know pumping up the program you didn't see him out at uh you know other team sporting events very often you know he's the cameras he didn't really care for those i mean when it was not during the season you know you just didn't hear from him i mean he was he would go hole up in his office and do work and so you know the complete 180 to dion to where cameras are everywhere and it's almost information overload you know with him and you know he loves the cameras and you know he's out there he's i mean he's he's wearing the cross uh, cu cross country shirt at practice he's going to basketball games you know he's he's going to lacrosse games he's out there he wants everybody to know about colorado's program and so it's such a 180 and uh you know it's insane i mean it's, it's a celebrity that's your head coach here so you know, it's definitely different than we've ever seen. Well, and a lot was made, you know, of every coach in the country weighed in on his speech about bringing the Louie and the transfer portal and something up until last week, you know, most of the guys had stayed, but there's been a, a run of guys that are going into the transfer portal, Brian. And uh, one, does are any of those guys impact players that, that caught your eye? And, and two, is this just a result of, you know, spring football attrition these days? Well, I, I think it's number one, it's a result of just the way college football is in general. Uh, but, you know, with him, it's, I mean, they have to weed out some players. I mean, they, before last week, they had 95 projected scholarship players for next year. And, you know, the limit's 85. So you had to have at least 10 
leave, but they want to add even more. So there's going to be 20 or 25 guys that leave. They're going to sign another 10 or 15 guys from the transfer portal, which is insane because they're already, you know, about 25 or 30. So uh, the ones that left this last week, yes, there's some impactful players. The biggest one was Nico Reed, the starting cornerback from last year. Really good player. You know, just a true sophomore last year. Um, kind of burst onto the scene two years ago in the finale. Had a 100-yard kickoff return for a touchdown against Utah. Uh, last year started all 12 games at corner. He's he's a pretty solid corner, but frankly, he saw the writing on the wall. I mean, Travis Hunter, Cormani McLean, that's your starting corners right there. And then he also uh, Dion also brought in Tavion Beasley from Jackson State and Kindrich Breedlove uh, from uh, uh, Ole Miss, I believe. Uh, all the transfers run together, uh, so I mean, he's brought in all these corners that uh, you know. Nico Reed, he could have stayed and fought for. A backup spot but you know he's too talented i mean he, he's gonna go play somewhere else and then they had a couple other rotational players on defense but i think it's clear at this point that you know this staff wants to get better and you're frankly you're looking at a bunch of guys from a one and 11 football team that just want to go play somewhere else and and get more playing time yeah so you know is there any sort of skepticism uh creeping in at all or does it seem like the majority of folks are, are totally on board out there with Dion? you know he's not afraid to over promise um but you know i guess with the record still oh and oh it's all still fun and games right now my sense is that most of the skepticism is outside of uh buff nation you know the fan base is very on board and excited about all this and they should be i mean their football team is one and 11 last year and as we started off, you know, they've seen more coach firings than bowl games in recent years. So uh, they're 100% on board and excited about this. And that shows by the fact that this week's spring game is sold out for the first time ever. And uh, But I think there is skepticism on the outside. You know, I've seen them projected to win three, four games. And uh, they're about a three-touchdown underdog for the TCU game to start things off. It's a little early for that. But, uh, you know, there's still that's the perception of this team is there's still a long way to go. Well, and speaking of the fan base, so a lot of chatter about Colorado, Big 12, Pac-12, those kind of things. You've covered Colorado long enough. When, when you talk to fans, and I deal with this with Nebraska a little bit, some of them still would prefer to be in the Big 12. Is the Colorado fan base right now thinking, okay, we want to stay in the Pac-12, or do you kind of hear all this realignment talk, and do they, the fans, not the uh, administrators, do they have their eyes on that Big 12? Well, I think the fans just want to go wherever is going to be best for Colorado. And if that's the Big 12, great. If it's staying in the Pac-12, great. You know, and there, there are those fans that are sentimental towards uh, the Big 12, and uh, they miss the Nebraska rivalry, which is, wouldn't come back if they go to the Big 12, but they miss the K-State rivalry. They miss, uh, you know, Kansas and, and some of those teams. So uh, I think there are fans that would like to go back there, but – Frankly, I think that the biggest thing is just where are we going to get the best deal? What's going to not have Colorado fall behind from where they are right now? And so um, I think they're okay going wherever as long as there's the best money. Has Dion commented on it at all? He hasn't. Um, he's pretty much said, hey, I'm <laughs> I'm coaching the Pac-12 this year. We're looking forward to this year. So <laughs> he's pretty much stayed out of it. So what um, – I don't know if you've talked to Rick George much at all about, you know – kind of the changes internally inside the building that they have to make uh, regarding managing, like you 
labeled him a celebrity coach uh, in his own PR team and how the sports information department merges with the PR team and what happens when there is a, the first conflict. I mean, like I said, it's probably all still, you know, roses and rainbows right now. But, you know, at some point, uh, Dion's going to want something. Rick George is going to say no. And uh, what happens then? Yeah, and so far he's wanted a lot of things and he's gotten them. So um, <laughs> I, I don't know if Rick George has said no at this point. There's maybe a few things. But, but yeah, I mean, the changes are pretty dramatic. I mean, even just with the structure. I mean, his office was totally remade. And, you know, it was got, goes from a, a big office-looking office to, you know, uh, I mean, he, he changed the carpet. He painted the walls. He's got his sayings on the walls. There was a uh, – just off of his, his office, there was a little room that was kind of a conference room that he totally, you know, gutted all of that. And it's now his own little personal lounge and dressing room where, you know, it's got a couch, a TV, a little locker in there. That's where he, he changes clothes. And um, he's got a host little Wayne somewhere, right? That's right. You know, so uh, the recruiting lounge, you know, went from uh, just this nice little space to, he wanted to make it more club like and put in new lights and paint and all that stuff. And so um, there's a lot of things uh, the the dining hall, you know, he wanted more, uh, meals served every day every day so they had to actually increase the staff in the dining hall you know things like that and you know so from what i was told from people in the building the first few months were you know a big adjustment and kind of rough as everybody got used to each other and you know a whole slew of new people coming in there uh people that were that have been there not knowing what their roles are going to be the first little a little bit was pretty rough but uh they're settling in at this point and kind of adjusting to the new life of uh of having Dion around. Well, and, you know, he brought a pretty good quarterback with him. And I'm doing uh, NFL draft content for Sporting News as well. And I started doing the list of quarterbacks for the 2024 draft. And Shadur Sanders is a name that's popping up. I mean, maybe not with Drake May and Caleb Williams. But, you know, so what have you seen out of him? Um, Obviously, the stats were prolific at Jackson State. But what? how has he looked in spring practice? Is there any thing you can tell us about his game that maybe casual fan doesn't know about yet yeah you know we've only been able to watch a couple of practices which um is more than i guess uh previous years at at times but um he's the he's gonna be the best quarterback they've had at least since steven montez uh, who was there in 2019 and possibly going back even further you know back into the early 2000s uh and late 90s so uh, he's got that potential to be you know Maybe the best they've had since Coy Detmer and Cordell Stewart, you know, back in the mid to late 90s. So uh, he's really good. And um, he's a very attention to detail guy. Uh, he's a leader out there. Uh, he's one that he talks about, you know, guys mess up a, on a rep, you know, a receiver breaks around. He goes, I kick him out of my group. And uh, he's done in my group for that day. You know, and so, you know, he's he's that type of he, he's high demand. Let's get this done. You know, he's a quarterback that once you get on the field, let's work and. You know, for him, it's interesting because this is his, this will be his third year as a starter, third offensive coordinator, third offense, third QB coach. So um, he's had a lot of change in his life, but uh, he's adjusted to it. And he, he's just such a, a high football IQ guy that he just takes it in and soaks it in. And, and you know, he talks as though, hey, whatever, no big deal. <laughs> Let's just learn a new offense and go. Um. I was looking at, at Dion's staff um, and I was like, you know, cause when you think about it, Dion has virtually no power five experience as a, as a head coach or even as an assistant. Um, 
And, uh, you know, he played at Florida State a long, long, long time ago. So he, he came in, he, he got Sean Lewis at offensive coordinator, uh, who was the head, who was head coach in the MAC. Um, but there are some guys on his staff that do have kind of long resumes as power five assistants. Charles Kelly is defensive coordinator, 15 years uh, as an assistant, uh, four years D.C. at Florida State. And uh, he was also at Georgia Tech, Alabama and Tennessee. Tim Brewster was a head coach at Minnesota for a little bit and has been a, a power five assistant for a long time. Salson Seri, another guy uh, with a long power five resume. Do you feel like uh, he was smart in how he put his staff together to kind of, you know, get some guys who have been around programs like this? Yeah, I, I think it, it'll be see, it'll be interesting to see how it comes together. But I like the makeup of the staff in that it does have that experience that you talked about. Um, four of the five assistants on offense have been head coaches and not necessarily at Power Five. But uh, you also have Gary Harrell, the running backs coach, who, um, you know, he, he was the head coach at Howard. At one point, and uh, uh, the only one that hasn't been head coach is Brett Bartoloni, who's a receivers coach, very young guy, but he was the OC quarterback coach at Jackson State last year. Worked closely with Shadur. Uh, he played under Mike Leach, and it was a you know, Leach was a big mentor to him over the years. And then you have a couple other young guys that not a ton of experience, but they've been with Dion, and so half the staff's been with him. Half of them maybe have not, but they've they got that experience and they've. They've known each other through uh, different channels, and and even Sean Lewis, you know, he comes from the MAC, but he was a coordinator at uh, you know some previous stops with Dino Babers and played at Wisconsin uh, not too long ago. Still, still looks like he could play. Uh, so, uh, you know, he he's still kind of a younger guy, and so uh, I do think it's a good staff, and they seem to have meshed well together, and uh, they have fun together. That's for sure. Well, I was going to ask about the corners. Uh, you mentioned them earlier, McLean and Hunter. Um... I mean, from at least a recruiting slash ranking standpoint, this potential to be their best cornerback tandem in years, obviously. I'm trying to think of a Colorado corner that went in the first round. I mean, this has got to be the best tandem they've had perhaps maybe in the country in a few years. Yeah, you know, in 2016 when they won the South, they had a really good tandem. Chido Bayouzier, uh, Akella Witherspoon, who are both still in the NFL. Uh, both were third and fourth round picks, but um, these guys could be better. You know, uh, the, that tandem in 2016 was pretty fantastic. But um, these guys, you know, Travis and Cormani could be, I mean, they, they were both number one corner in the country in their class, right? And so uh, you would think that they're going to be better th- than, than those two guys even. But um, the interesting thing is uh, they don't have either one right now at corner. I mean, you know, Cormani is in high school right now and gets here in the summer and, and Travis is playing the entire spring at receiver. So um, he's, he's taken one rep at corner and, uh, you know, last week there was a practice, you know, everything's on video. And so in one of the videos, uh, Dion was not happy with what the corners were doing. And, uh, he yells over to Travis says, get in there and play corner. So he gets in there and he goes against Montana Lamonius Craig, who was CU's top returning receiver and, uh, one play, uh, and breaks up the pass. And Dion immediately says, that's what we want. And uh, he jumped in there with no previous uh, practice at corner, does exactly what Dion wants. And he said, you're done. You, I don't need to see anymore. That's been his one play at corner the entire spring. So uh, <laughs> these are your top two corners. They're not even playing it right now. So wait, so what do you think Travis Hunter's snap count will look like? I mean, is he going to play how yeah, a starting corner and 20 snaps at receiver? Or I mean, is this one of those two-way guys we're looking at? 
yeah, I, I mean, I think he's going to be a unique player this year in that um, nobody's said it yet, but I believe he's too good at corner. Like, I, I believe he's going to be the starting corner and kind of like you said, um, uh, 20 snaps a game at receiver, something like that. But um, honestly, receiver-wise, CU had a guy uh, several years ago, Paul Richardson, who went in the second round and played a number of years in the NFL. Um, he's probably the best receiver I've seen. LaVisca Chenault was here, but he was more of an athlete. Um, Travis might be the best receiver I've seen at Colorado since Paul Richardson. So uh, he's pretty a phenomenal athlete. I mean, he he had 37, 30, over 3,000 yards somehow in, in something like that in high school as a receiver. So um, he might be their best receiver, but he's also their best corner. <laughs> I mean, he had a great catch in the in the celebration bowl that you and I saw down the end there, the, the touchdown, late yeah. touchdown, the fourth quarter, and that was his second touchdown in the game, I believe. So, yeah, well, that's that's going to be exciting for him. Um, what do you expect Saturday? What should we expect Saturday? It's a three o'clock kickoff on ESPN. Chris Fowler, proud CU alum, is doing the game. Um, I read a story. Uh, I think it was in your paper actually about uh, some of the the plans that they might mic up Dion um, yeah. and uh, and have sort of a unique broadcast. It's going to be a full house, which is going to be a really weird vibe for a spring game. So, what what are you thinking? What are you expecting? I don't really know what to expect because <laughs> we've never seen anything like it. You know, uh, last year they estimated nineteen hundred and fifty people were there, and you know how those estimates go. It's the SID looking around and. Said, ah, probably nineteen fifty, whereas probably more like eleven hundred, something like that. So nobody ever comes to this thing. Uh, so, and it's forty five thousand general admission tickets. Uh, nobody has assigned seats, so I think it's going to be a little oh. bit chaotic in that regard. Uh, but I think it's going to be more of a party atmosphere. You know, Dion did tell us yesterday he'll be mic'd up the whole time. Uh, I don't know how much of a game it's going to be. I, I, I imagine they it'll be ones versus ones, things like that, but. Um, with the transfer portal opening last Saturday, they've had nine guys enter the portal since then. So all of a sudden, depth um, is not quite what it was um, a week ago today. So uh, there could be some situations where you can't play so deep at certain positions, but I think that they want to do more game-like, and, and it'll be somewhat of a party atmosphere. We've heard some rumors and hints of some celebrities uh, that'll be there, but, you know, Dion. uh when he was asked about that yesterday, said, I, you know, I don't know about that. I, you know, I don't get into that. So, of course, he does. So, sure he doesn't. <laughs> uh, so, so we'll see. Um, I imagine there's going to be some uh, celebrity presence there as well. And um, I, I think it's going to be somewhat chaotic, somewhat party-like, and hopefully uh, some good football. I mean, yeah, well, that's there's a little pressure to have, you know, more of more than just a bland, boring scrimmage. Right. I mean, you've got you got to spice it up. That's what is that's what his whole shtick is. Yeah. And the whole the whole fan base out of all the players out there, they're going to want to see Shadur. They're going to want to see Travis Hunter. Um, And interestingly about Travis, you know, Dion said yesterday, even though he hasn't played it all spring, said he's probably going to play some corner on Saturday. So, you know, they're just going to throw him wherever he wants to be. Uh, But. I think those are the two guys fans want to see. Um, you know, Dylan Edwards is another one, the true freshman running back uh, that was a Notre Dame commit that flipped to CU. He's incredibly fast, and uh, every clip they show, every single day, he's making a long run. So there's players like that that fans want to see, but uh, it's going to be an interesting atmosphere. I don't even know what to expect. It's, it's not even supposed to be warm. You know, it's been 80. It was 80 last week, and then it snowed, and then it's been warmer, and the temperature – 
the high I've seen is about 45, so it's not going to be a super warm game. Oh. I got I got news for you, Brian. That it works that way in Ohio too. We went from 70 to 30 in two days last week. So wow, I, I thought we were the only ones like that. <laughs> Ohio, we always like to joke. You can get all four seasons in one day. Yeah, that's kind of what they say uh, here a lot of times. And so, yeah, it, it, it was crazy last week. But you know, Dion wants that 70 degrees, but I don't think he's going to get it. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for taking time with us, Brian. Uh, again, people can uh, read you at buffzone.com. Uh, terrific, terrific uh, Colorado beat reporter. Uh, you got a big day in front of you on Saturday. We'll be reading on Sunday morning to see what you've got uh, takeaways and, and what have you. Uh, but we really appreciate you joining us. You bet. Anytime, guys. All right. We'll take it easy and good luck to you on Saturday. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right, buddy. Uh, that was good to hear. We got uh, a little breakdown, a little uh, little scoop there that Travis Hunter is going to be a two way guy. Yeah, and that's that. Those guys attract attention too. You know, I mean, obviously the the standard is still Charles Woodson, but we've seen Chris Gamble do that. We've seen some other players. Chris Gamble, by the way, Ohio State, one of the most underrated two way players of all time. Um, so yeah, that that was what struck me when he said, you know, I was thinking corner, but then you know he can play receiver. A lot of exciting players. I'll tell you this, Bill. I mean, we, we, we're going to talk about some of the spring games I watched last weekend. I am excited to turn Colorado on Saturday. I am. I, I am. I, I was most excited to watch Texas this weekend, last weekend. And I will talk about that here in a second, like I said. But I, I'm legit excited to see what this Colorado experiment looks like. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, so... We've got that's three o'clock Eastern, uh, like I said, on ESPN. It's the only spring game ESPN has decided to put on. And, the, you know, the Deion Sanders effect has, it's been even larger than I thought it was going to be. I mean, I, I, you know, I had my doubts, had my skepticism of uh, how much can one guy do. Well, one guy has done a lot in three or four months. Um, it's been, it's been pretty amazing to watch for sure. Um, so let's get into some other spring games. But before we do, we'll have a little Trochi trivia. Colorado themed. Get your Buffalo helmet on. No, no. Ready? Ready to go? Uh, Colorado has won one bowl game this century. That's it. One bowl game. Okay. okay. I'll tell you what it was 2004 Houston Bowl. They beat UTEP. They came from behind in the fourth quarter. Okay. UTEP in the Houston Bowl. Who was Colorado's QB? Who was Colorado's coach back then? That is today's trivia. We will get to the answer at the end of the show. So um, you mentioned the spring games from this weekend. We had some big ones, Texas, Ohio State, Georgia. They were all out there. Um, you uh, wrote a story about uh, Texas for SportingNews.com yesterday. Let's start with Texas and we can touch on the other two. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, Texas, I mean, obviously went into the spring game and we talked about it last week, wanting to watch Arch Manning left the spring game thinking Quinn Ewers looked pretty darn good. I mean, and it started early. I mean, the thing with Quinn Ewers, I this is a very loose comparison. But when I've since I've started watching him, I thought and and this nothing with attitude, just skill set. I was like, that's Jeff George, because he can throw the ball a mile, and I don't know how accurate he is. Well, on Saturday he was throwing the ball a mile accurate. Hit Xavier Worthy early. They have Ad Mitchell, the Georgia transfer, had a great game. They've mm-hmm. got a decent running game. He's going to have guys to throw to. And he looked, as Sark said, sometimes you take a coach for his word. Sark said he looked comfortable. So Arch, not as much, you know, like looked like a freshman. And I think this is best, best case for Texas because you can develop your, or you can have viewers play. Hopefully he balls out. Malik Murphy looked good too, Bill. So they alternated Murphy and um, Manning. They can develop those two behind. I don't think anybody has plans to go in the transfer portal. I bet and Murphy goes in the transfer portal. He might. And, I, and but I'd the, be surprised if he didn't. Their offense could be elite. I'll say it. I'm not going to say the three-word phrase about Texas that everybody likes to joke, but <laughs> their offense could be elite this year with all of those guys to throw to in the Big 12. And if Ewers plays like that, um, they're going to be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you said, especially with Oklahoma down a little bit, or you know, some questions around that program. Obviously, they had such a poor season last year. Texas could win the Big Twelve on the way out. You yeah. pegged, you pegged them as a you know possible favorite. I think they will be among the favorites in the Big Twelve because, not, and some of it's the brand. And I am excited, legit excited to see what they do when they go to Tuscaloosa because Alabama has their spring game this weekend and there's questions about their quarterback. Uh, Paul Feinbaum made some news yesterday by saying, you know, Paul, I always say when Paul goes on a radio show and says something, when he said, I wouldn't be surprised if Nick Saban's doing some transfer portal shopping at quarterback, Paul's not just pulling that out of thin air. I'll put it that way. He's pretty on par when he has uh, takes on Alabama in particular. And they were rumored to, you know, be pursuing Drake May way back when. So mm-hmm. I think they they had some questions about their their quarterback. Um, Georgia, Carson Beck looked very good, uh, put up some big numbers. Um, I thought the most interesting thing with the Georgia spring game, or not necessarily the spring game, is that Bear Alexander decided to go into the transfer portal. Five-star defensive lineman. He was a guy – Mike Griffith talked to us about that could be the next great nose nose guard, nose tackle disruptor in that Georgia, you know, machine as they continue to produce amazing NFL defensive linemen. Um, that one sort of came out of nowhere because I think people were expecting a big year out of him. Yep, and and that was a big transfer for Georgia with uh, Alexander leaving. But you know, my takeaway from watching their spring game was they had I, I said this on Sports Grid yesterday had twenty five guys catch a pass. They had eight different guys catching pass at 20 yards or more. Every time I looked up, there was a dude, not Brock Bowers, catching a pass down the field. So 
that was like watching an NFL game. They're stacked. They've got that was the, mo- the the fastest spring game I watched in terms of guys playing fast. And um, Carson Beck looked good. So Carson Beck looks good. There's rumors that Vandegrift may hit the portal. That is the consequence of these games, right? So mm-hmm. you mentioned Murphy Vandegrift. I have a feeling Sporting News in the next week or so may have a story about second wave transfer quarterbacks. So um, it's coming. It is coming, you know, especially at these elite programs when they recruit three good quarterbacks, there's no reason to stay. I mean, you looked at the next year's NFL draft class, you looked at, you know, top 10 quarterbacks and you told me what eight had transferred. I mean, there's no reason to sit. You got to get on the field. If you're a really good QB, you got to get on the field. Right now, this is a little tease for our listeners. So we, we, every year we do the, the top 10 NFL quarterbacks for next year's draft. And the only two on our list for next year's draft that that didn't transfer is Drake May, who, as you just mentioned, was sought after. And if you talk to the right people, he was definitely sought after um, for some absurd money. Um, And J.J. McCarthy, who was part of a quarterback uh, competition with Cade McNamara last year, where that was a real question whether he might transfer. So right now he to transfer. Right. He caused a quarterback to transfer and there's no guarantee that JJ, he, maybe he stays for his senior year. We don't know. So um, that's the name of the game at that position. So, and then, um, you know, Ohio state was the other one that I watched. McCord looked okay. That's one that always causes a lot of overreaction here in Columbus. I, I, my takeaways from that was McCord looked a little rough, but so did CJ Stroud in his first spring game. And so did, uh, as the starter, so did Justin Fields when he was transitioning to play at Ohio State. Those guys were fine. And they got this guy that they were working in the slot named Marvin Harrison that if you throw the ball to him, you'll be fine. So (laughs) I I think Ohio State, my bigger concern for them is losing Paris Johnson and Dewan Jones, the two offensive tackles that will go to the NFL. They've got to be able to protect that. So I think their offensive line's got some work to do. Let's touch on two games that are coming up this weekend, Notre Dame and Alabama. Um, and, uh, Alabama, in addition to Colorado, of course, and we'll, we'll keep an eye on Colorado. But the other two of note, uh, Alabama, I believe it's going to be on SEC Network. Notre Dame will be on Peacock, both on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Alabama's trying to figure out their quarterback situation, which is uh, something kind of new for, for Nick Saban. Right. And this is what I, I'm writing about that for that this week. Jalen Milrow, guy that we've saw play. Uh Ty Sim Ty Simpson, five star quarterback. Um, I almost called him Ty Webb. I watched Caddyshack the other night. I was <laughs> that's why I made that face. Um I don't nice, want to do the nice choice right there. Nice yeah, play. so I, I did not call him Ty. He's not Ty Webb. <laughs> um so back to the point interesting competition because it sounds like nobody's really separating themselves. You would think Milrow has the advantage. Eli Holstein's a freshman that they have too, that, you know, when I was talking to some people at the championship game, one of them joking, he was like, Eli Holstein's going to start anyway, but I'm like, what? So um <laughs> curious to see what that looks like because the standard there, much like Ohio state, your last three quarterbacks have been first round picks between Tua and, um Bryce and Mac Jones and that's not even counting Jalen Hurts who just got paid more money than I will ever see 
in my lifetime. So, um, yeah, I'm very intrigued because Saban is running on Billy's running on. If they don't win it next year, that's a three year drought. And man, I don't know how people in Alabama would handle a three year drought. <laughs> um, and then the Notre Dame uh, quarterback situation, which when Sam Hartman announced his transfer from Wake Forest after setting all those records, ACC records, school records, fifth year guy. You know, I just thought it was a slam dunk that Hartman would be the guy. But, you know, you read the reports coming out of out of South Bend and the, the, the bits and pieces that they allow the media to see. And it seems like Tyler Buckner is really giving him a run for his money. With the last time we saw Buckner, he was healthy in the bowl game against South Carolina. He played great. Uh, he had a lot of hype coming out of high school, didn't necessarily deliver. Uh, in a reserve role. And then, uh, like I said, he, he was hurt uh, last year. Like he backed up uh, Ian Book and then he, you know, he was hurt a little bit when he had his opportunity. Didn't look great before he got hurt, but it was still very early in the season. And then, um, uh, but he's he's not giving it to, to Hartman. It looks like it, it may go into the fall. And you're the Notre Dame guy here. Like, is there ever a year where they don't have a quarterback controversy? <laughs> like, they don't have two guys? I mean, it's. It's every year. I, I yep, am. A, that was the thing. It, was, it looked like this was the year they had. A, they were had one guy that was going to be the guy, and now uh, Buckner is saying, "Don't forget about me." And I like the competition, and it will probably spill into the fall, and that'll be the focal point of that one as well. Because you know, Drew Pine obviously hit it. I know uh, Brian Driscoll had. Uh, I saw a tweet by our good friend the other night that you know sounds like Drew Pine was doing well, and Brian was very happy for him. And that's good, you know. So Drew Pine will be a guy that helps Arizona State break in a new coach. And with uh, Dillingham there, he'll probably have a good season. So, but back to Notre Dame, yeah, it's curious that Hartman, with all those numbers in the ACC and all those records you and I have talked about, is going to get a little push. And to me, it just comes down to this. I mean, I saw Tyler Buckner play against Ohio State last year. It didn't really the offense. I know it was early in the season, but the offense never really threatened a suspect Ohio State defense when they play they their schedule set up that they should be undefeated when they play Ohio State in South Bend on September 24th and they need to have the right guy under center because that is a statement game for that program because it's going to be a while before they see Ohio State again it means everything for recruiting for the playoff chase for perception and just living in this part of the country I know come August that that'll be the chatter you know Notre Dame and Ohio State again Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm all right, so before we get out of here, Trochi Trivia answer from Mr. Bill Bender. The question is, in 2004, Colorado won its only bowl game this century. They beat uh, UTEP in the Houston Bowl 33-28. to Who was Colorado's QB and coach for that memorable <laughs> bowl victory? I know the coach is Gary Barnett. Yes. And the, is the quarterback, did he play in the NFL? Or do we not even know? I'm not sure. Right. So I'll, I give have, you, I'll give you a big hint. Sure. He's a large college football personality nowadays. Okay. Oh, it's um Joel Klatt. Joel Klatt was the so, quarterback. So I was going to guess. I knew it was. So Brian mentioned Coy Detmer. I knew Coy Detmer was way early. And yeah, Joel, so Joel Klatt won the Houston Bowl. Joel Klatt is the owner of the last... Colorado Bowl victory. 
Okay. So, and I know he was the quarterback when they played. I should have guessed that right away because they played that really loaded Texas team the following year, I believe, in the Big 12 championship game. And they lost 70 to that one. That's the oh, 70 the to three game. game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> Now, that's why I asked the Big 12 question, because I'm curious to see how much light there really is on Dion this year. And does that mean that they consider going for more light in the Big 12? It's a really good big picture question for that program. Yeah, it'll be interesting. So, all right. Well, that's all we've got. Uh, we will be back next week, of course. We'll look at uh, what the happenings of the Alabama game and the Notre Dame game and everything like that um in colorado and see how that pans out we once again uh thank brian howell for joining us uh from buffzone.com giving us some insight out there in boulder uh so thanks everyone for listening to the cfp nation all america podcast enjoy the rest of your day and uh, we will see you next week For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.